Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to Who Let the Dogs Out, where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Today, you'll hear from Kunal Harmonger, he, him, who I actually never met in person, but worked at the same startup called Magic Buzz back in 2020. Today, you'll hear us catching up a little bit, living in Phoenix and moving to Boston with his boyfriend, immigrant kid guilt, and hobbies. Here's Kunal, everyone. Are you in Arizona right now? No, I moved to Boston oh, two weeks. Ago. Yeah, so it's been a ton of fun. I moved into like, like Back Bay, which is just super dense, super walkable, and so there's always just a bunch to do. It's been fantastic. Good stuff. And you changed up your hairstyle a little, no? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it got curlier. I'd always keep it like, super short, and then yeah, yeah, I let it grow out a bit. Pandemic got me. No, I'm a fan. I love it, and it feels even though we haven't seen each other in 3D mode, I still feel we've met in person for some reason. Yeah, yeah we yeah. haven't right? <laughs> yeah, no, we've literally never met, which is crazy. Yeah. So this is us in true form on just a Zoom screen. <laughs> Girl, I'm two-dimensional, right? Like... <laughs> oh, amazing. Yeah. How has life been since Magic Bus? What have you been up to since then? What was that? Like 20... 2021? 21? Uh, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Into like 22. Oh, wait, no. It was like 2020 into 2021. Yeah. 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 But yeah, no, it's been great. So then lived in New York for my internship, which was a ton of fun over the summer. And then came back and then spent the first half of my senior year working for the startup where I work now. And so they're based in Arizona. So then I was like flying in and out as a college student, which was crazy. I'd be like, sorry, I have to miss class. I actually have a business trip. (laughs) And then moved there, started full time in January as the chief of staff. And then now went remote, switched roles. I'm a PM now, work on summer payments platform. But yeah, spent the year in Arizona, which was a ton of fun. So different from like anywhere else where I've lived, which has all been basically within a 30 minute driving distance in Maryland. But yeah, it was a ton of fun and happy to be back on the East Coast now. Amazing. That's incredible. No, I'm embarrassed. I had to go to LinkedIn to figure out some of the holes between Magic Buzz. I Googled call this thing. It was fascinating. I know you probably can't speak much about it. And you glossed over it slightly. You said payments platform, but that's, I guess, just one small part of, of call this as a larger vision. How did all that wrap up? And then I don't know, maybe some of the interest too during Magic Bus. I know how did that evolve over time? Yeah, yeah. So when we met at Magic Bus, I was in the process of building my own major in data science and global development. And it's one of the things I love the most about UMD, where I went to college, was that they let you do your own thing if you want. If you sound like sufficiently convincing and you're like, yeah, maybe I do want to go to grad school. They're like, fantastic. How can we help? And the program was wonderful. And so then I knew that I was really interested in the intersection of tech, global development. And so then like at Magic Bus, right, we were thinking about like transit, right? How can you interpret? charge band pooling right to make it something that's easier more convenient better for people and then i took that and i really wanted to learn more about just how you can apply like a new business model or a new technology to something that like exists something that's difficult and hard but impacts a ton of people and i thought that housing was probably one of the biggest ones today right we all know how it works we know okay like you have these like fundamental underlying like supply demand therefore housing sucks and it's terrible right and to me i'm like that's not a good enough answer right there has to be more that you can do and so i was really interested in like business models that could change that some of it here and then have just like really enjoyed it. I think that working on difficult problems that are very full stack, is just so different from working in the VSAS because you have to actually like take things and like have them meet the real world. And every single piece of what could go wrong probably will go wrong 
as you're like scaling and growing it. And so it's not enough to just be like, yeah, we shipped an MVP that hits like the 80-20. You actually have to just do the 100% when you're like impacting people's lives. And I totally agree. I think that community is so difficult when you don't have, like when you're in college, you have 60 to 70% of like you is shared with everyone else, right? You have similar interests because you meet each other in class and it just, that drops off so quickly in the real world. Even at work, it's easier to make friends, but I don't know. Yeah, it's something that like I struggle with too. How is living in New York compared to Boston so far? Wait, I was in Phoenix. Mm. Oh, I don't know why I keep thinking New York then. But you said you lived there for a little bit. But Phoenix, all right. Oh, like- I, was, I was there like two years ago over the summer, like okay, right after okay. Magic Just Club. for the internship. Yeah, no. Phoenix is, it's great. This is so postal elite coded of me. But before my first time in Phoenix, I thought it would be tumbleweeds and cactuses. And there are a ton of cactuses and they actually are always the best part of my day when I live there. Just staring at them is so fun. But it's not tumbleweeds at all. Like Phoenix is, I think, like the fifth biggest city in the US. And it's like, at least has been one of the fastest growing ones. And I think it's really interesting because there's just a ton of dynamics. One of the biggest ones I think is that you have a ton of young people coming into the city and like, you have a subculture there that's super young, like less leaning, liberal. And then, but you also have all sorts of other groups, right? It's not like there's two groups in any way. There's a ton of diversity of race, income, just backgrounds. And I really love that. And I think like, What's interesting is that it definitely didn't always feel super diverse compared to where I grew up in like Maryland. I grew up in one of the most diverse counties in America. But what's interesting is now being in Boston, it's super liberal, but less diverse in some ways. And again, maybe that's a function of the part of town I live in. But I definitely do miss that not everyone is in academia or tech or finance, right? It's like you actually have a lot broader range of like backgrounds and lives to interact with, which I really liked. Totally, man. I think that was the other thing I really loved about living there for a year is it made me really confident that I can be happy in a place for a year. And to be fair, I knew my coworkers, love them, had a fantastic time with them. But I also feel like I felt a lot less nervous moving to Boston. I'm here. I moved in with my boyfriend. And so he has his PhD program, all of his friends, he has his PhD in bioengineering. But like, I was a lot less nervous. So I was like, you know what? I'm pretty sure I can figure out how to have like a social life and things that I like to do. If I can do it in Phoenix, I can do it in Boston. For sure. So I guess that's how you landed on Boston then, right? Yeah, it's funny. I went to this product manager meetup yesterday because I was like, if I see a single event that I'm tangentially related to in Boston, I'm just going to go and fuck it. And so I went to it. It was just really interesting because one, like the people were great, but two, it was like talking all the tech people talking about like why they're in Boston. Every single one of them had like significant other who's getting their PhD, works in biotech or pharma. It's there isn't a single remote worker who chose to be here, at least who I met there. But yeah, it's like, it's a nice city. I'm sure eventually I will choose to want to be here on my own volition, but I'm happy to be here. That's fascinating. That's awesome. So do you know how many more years? You're like three to four, at least. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And then I get to pick the next one of the first few times, I assume, right, that you're settling in somewhere new for three, four years. That's not growing up in your childhood. home. Yeah, totally. And it feels super different. I made this commitment to myself, which is going to sound funny, but if we move apartments in Boston, we're going to get movers. Because I think that's the thing, like always bopping around. I spent my year in Phoenix being like, I have a year in Phoenix. So I didn't really decorate. I didn't get the furniture I wanted. Just do any of the stuff to like make it feel like home, which I really regret because a year is actually a really long time. I could have made friends outside of work. I could have done all these things that I didn't bother doing. And I'm very committed to not doing that again, to building community and figuring out how to like have a sustainable, this is my home, right? Not just I'm here for a year for work or I'm here for three years. It's like, I'm here. I want to build my life, have the things that I want, right? Like the furniture, I'm not going to feel bad about getting it because in my mind, it's temporary, but I'm not going to treat it like that.
Oh, for sure. That's beautiful, mate. I think even in my six months time box zone, I see everything as free, but because of it, it's like, that is my life and I need to build something out of it. And I agree too. You can look at, hey, I'm here for like six months or a year and therefore I'm not going to do something or therefore I am going to make it my life. And it's literally just your mentality. And I think it leads to very different results. And I'm, I'm glad that you're thinking about it. Like you want to actually embed yourself there. Exactly. Yo. So let's go. you want to share your love story to the world on the podcast? Yeah, absolutely. Boyfriend or partner. It's always tough to know which one to use, but we met in college a little over actually almost four years ago. Now we've been dating for three. We met one of our mutual friends through a wig party, but like WHIG, the political party, but it had nothing to do with them. That was part of the bit is that you had to show up with either like a wig or a handle. He had a wig. I had a handle. Love at first sight. Actually, that was not love at first sight. We didn't talk to each other. And then this is what I tell my parents. We actually met at the library where I was studying with like one of my mutual friends. And then he had a class with her. Then we ran into each other again. We were like, oh my God. And then it was funny. There was also a set of like temporary things. So it's the day after our first date, I went to India for two weeks, which isn't that deep. But then he went abroad the week after I got back. And he was supposed to be abroad for six months. And then I was supposed to be abroad after that for another like four. I was supposed to work in India. And COVID hit which sucked and was terrible. But the silver lining was that he got sent home early from Spain. Not a silver lining for him, I'm sure, but for me it was. And then, so we started dating March, 2020, right? If I ever want to know how, how long it's been since the pandemic, I should just go back and reference that. And so then, yeah, we've been doing like on and off long distance since, basically since, yeah, like March or May, 2021, when he like graduated from UMD, then I went to Boston. And so now we live together. It's like fantastic. It hasn't sunk in like whatsoever that this is like life now. And it's been incredible. It's been so much fun. It's like living with your best friend. And I like love it. Just yeah, super happy. Just based uh, on so much than I was before. Yay, that's amazing. It's been super interesting too, because like sometimes you're like, oh man, like, is this it? And then you get married and die. And it's actually, that's not the worst thing by a long shot. There's people who would kill for that. So yeah, yeah. but it's definitely different. Yeah. Cool. We'll love to hear more about India slash relationships with parents because you mentioned them a little bit and family, et cetera. You're down to share. Yeah, totally. So my extended family is all from India and they're all from Mumbai, which is literally in the middle of India. The way I think about it is that Mumbai is like the New York of India and then Delhi, which is the capital, is like Washington, D.C. And then, and so yeah, my extended family is from there, which is also interesting because growing up, it feels like I had a tiny family. But then anytime I'd go, I'd meet cousins and second cousins and stuff and like see this life that I never had of like having a huge family, this giant support network. And my parents are divorced too. So it's like, not only do you have a small nuclear family, but then like, the atom bomb, right? You split the nucleus and then it's even smaller. And so, yeah, it was just always so different going back. And the biggest thing that would always strike me is that I had been born with so much privilege living in the U.S. and did absolutely nothing to deserve it, right? There isn't a single thing I did that someone in India didn't do. And yet because of it, life is so much easier. It was so much easier to get into a decent college, to get a well-paying job, but also just so much easier to feel confident that my parents will be able to retire and I don't have to worry about their safety net. Just like basic stuff like that, like I got as a function of my parents putting in the work to be born in India and then immigrate here, right? They did the heavy lifting and I get to just ride their coattails. And so I think having that dynamic in my life has always made me always think about, right, what are the things I can do to take this new privilege I've been in and help others, whether that's in India, here, wherever, right? I love that we switched from international development as the term to like global development because I think that there's so much you can do at home and in other places that's good for the world good for you but but yeah and so it's like immigrant kid guilt which I don't think is a real thing and I don't think it should be but yeah like just thinking through right like how can I use the fact that the universe put me in a pretty lucky spot 
to to take that and pass that to some of the people who the universe didn't right and like, i don't know what the answer is and how to do that in a way that isn't like weirdly colonial but i think we're figuring it out and i think that was doing the best they can and i'm excited to figure out how i can be a part of it wow incredible yeah i feel similarly on that with my parents coming from taiwan doing all the work in michigan here i'm just like coasting along right on the yeah. how do you think about settling down in the u.s in the future versus perhaps some of the other pros of living in other countries have that u.s doesn't yeah, I think about this and I think I'm definitely biased because I grew up in the DC area, but I feel like there isn't a better place in the world to have a family than like that area. But I love it. I think it's the right mix of so many things. Also definitely don't want to have that be my life yet. I want to go travel. I want to go see different cities in the world. I've been thinking about living in like Europe or just going abroad. And I think part of it too is that I didn't get to do the whole abroad thing because of COVID. But also I think more broadly, there's so much you can learn and appreciate from other cultures that you don't even know until. And I'm hopefully, Chad, you've already felt a lot of this and are about to in for even more of it and yeah i just am a big believer in i know i don't know and i want to learn and i want to go live elsewhere what are your top hobbies that you've kept over time or kind of feelings about hobbies that's a good question and it's a tough one because i'm like someone who's always i should have hobbies i feel like i actually do I've been a huge sci-fi junkie since I was really young and usually like I try to read it where possible and then have, I don't know, I've been thinking about new ones to pick up. I think like the cliche one is like a pottery class, which sounds super fun, but it's also super expensive. I think they know that everyone wants to get into it. And so I've been thinking about what hobbies to pick up and I want to be the kind of person who tries things. And, and then I say that and then I'm like, okay, like I like working out, right? So I'm like, I'll go try like these different workout classes. It took me two weeks to fold and get the gym membership that I go to and do the same things I've done like for the last several years. So I don't know. I don't know how to pick up hobbies. I don't know if you have any thoughts, but I feel like it's a lot more difficult than people think it is or people like say it is. No, I agree. Also, I think there's a lot of judgment on it, which I guess that's not really where the question was coming from. I'm just curious from you and what people yeah. find inspiration from. But I do think a lot of the post-grad 20s life is figuring out what are the things we like to do as a person. I don't know. I, I recently got foot surgery yeah. and it makes you realize, oh shit, those are the hobbies and the things I really did doing. And it almost takes them being gone, I think, for me to realize. But I think oh, it's also the element of just exploring around, I think is exactly what hobbies are for. For like, oh, I just hobby hop and I don't really know much about anything. But who cares, man? I don't know. You're just finding fun things to fill your time sometimes. It doesn't need to be that deep. So, yeah, I think it's funny. I have to train myself out of the like overachiever mindset of I need to get an A in this. And it's so true. So I get these super deep, the TikTok slideshows. You just swipe and it'll be like a poem or like a set okay. of like, like literature and stuff. And it'll literally, the worst thing is it'll like hit you either in the middle of your work day or it'll be at like two in the morning and there's no in between for when you're ready for it. And anyways, usually I get like stuff about like death and sadness and I'm like, geez, then I can't stop swiping. So the algorithm gives me more. But like I recently got one about hobbies where it was like the best way to be good at something is to start by being bad at it. And yeah, I think I just need to also be better about like being okay with like hey, I can suck at this and have a great time. And that's totally fine. And that's how I'll get better at it. But also, you don't have to be good at it to have a good time. No, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Are you up for a quick lightning? Yeah, let's do it. Bet. What is one thing you wish everyone knew? Ooh, good one. I think top of my head is to think twice about the impact your words have on others. I think that people get so wrapped up and I definitely see myself doing it sometimes too, where you're just like talking, right? And but it's just take a moment and think, am I making the person I'm talking to like feel heard, listened to, like happy? It's something that it's really easy for me to notice in group settings. And it's also something I think I notice more so because I try to check myself on it too. But yeah, it's something I think the world would be a much better place if we were all one step better at it. Snaps that. I love that. 
what are three things you can't live without besides the necessities? Okay, man, everything feels like a necessity and that's coming to my <laughs> mind, but I'd say like crazy, but sleepy time tea. It's like one of those things that you don't think you need until you start having it. And I literally probably could not sleep without it. I have to take tolerance breaks sometimes because it'll get like scary. And then let's see, things I can live without. I like a good set of spices. I think another hobby I forgot to mention, love to cook and recently have like discovered my love for Szechuan peppercorn, which is the numbing on your tongue. It's just like an insanely different sensation from anything I've ever eaten. And now I literally put it on everything everything so I think that and then number three probably like somewhere fun to walk to I think I really feel the importance of having things close to you one of my coworkers said this to me but I really love is be willing to compromise on quality for distance like you don't have to go drive an hour to go to the best place if a really good one or even just a good one is five minutes away from you and my parents were the opposite of that like they drove me and my brother an hour away to go to a slightly better middle school and that's because of how much they value education which I'm so grateful for but at the same time, especially now where I'm hopefully educated, it's much easier for me to be like, you know what, let me save some time and the 80 to 20 out of life. And I think I've been much happier for it. That's awesome. So you cook just to numb your tongue and to not taste it. Yeah. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> sure. Take that shit in. <laughs> or that's my misconception of numbing and spice in a way. Cool. Any content recommendations? Okay. Newsletters. My friend Sophie, who you've never met, probably no one listens to this podcast has, love her. She started a newsletter called Everyday Luxuries that I love. It's about the little things in her life that make her happy. And it's just so cute. And every time I read it, I want to write my own. So maybe I should start. But anyways, love it. It's on Substack. I'll send you the link after. And then TV shows. I have been watching Scandal in part because TikTok won't leave it off my For You page. So I'm like, I'll just watch the entire thing. Pretty good, but also very dated in some ways. Like some of the plot lines, you're like, this would not fly today, but it wasn't made today. So maybe that's okay. Incredible. Cool. Anything else you want to share on the pod today? No, I just want to hear more about how you're doing. I'm happy to send another link or just jump on Messenger to, to chat. Thanks for sharing all those stories today. It's been wonderful. And that's Canal for now. Catch you on the next episode of Who Let the Dogs Out, where I chat life with cool people doing awesome things. Cheers.